Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, and it's designed to get us into God's Word every day for at least a few minutes, about 12 or 13 or so. And in doing so, help us to stay strong in our faith, even grow in our faith, because as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Now, but it also helps us to have a better mindset to take on the day, whatever the day may throw at us, to be more spiritually focused, to be more in tune in a relationship with God. Now, help some people in your life. I can guarantee you there are people in your life, probably within your own family, in fact, who need to turn their thinking, who need to turn the direction of their life around. You can help them along that line, perhaps, by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe some other technological means. But share with your family members, your friends, work associates, neighbors, literally anybody you can. You may help somebody in your life start to think about their relationship with God and their eternal destiny. You may end up helping somebody actually get to heaven. And that will be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So, make the commitment and start sharing today. Last time we began a new line of thought and study, and it's an important one. And it's one that that really digs deep into our, well, into our thinking, into our mindset. We're talking about a matter of the heart. Again, we ask the question, why do people act the way they do? Why do people say the things they say? Why do people react in the ways they react to certain situations? There can be a variety of reasons that we might look at in kind of a surface level basis. And we could say, well, it's conditioning. It's a matter of conditioning. How we've conditioned ourselves to think, how we've conditioned ourselves to think, to react physically. Why do you suppose some people almost cannot speak without using profanity and vulgarity on a regular basis? Now, I'm talking about they just cannot have a conversation with somebody hardly without using profanity and vulgarity. It's just a part of their vocabulary. Why? They have to stop and think before they say certain words when they're in the company of certain individuals, but if they were just going to talk freely, that would be a normal part of what they say, how they speak, the words they would use. Why is that? Most conditioning. They've conditioned themselves to speak that way. They see nothing wrong with it, although they will hold back and they'll discipline themselves again when they're in the company of certain individuals. Well, why do they do that? They must recognize some kind of potential problem in the language that they use when they're in the presence of those individuals. And so they'll show those individuals respect by refraining from using that kind of language, profanity and vulgarity. Emotion is another factor, kind of a surface-level factor. Some people do not control their emotions well at all, and so they almost automatically and immediately respond in anger over certain situations. And it can be nothing virtually, but they'll get angry at the drop of a hat. But others, it might be love, might be their response that guides them to react in certain ways, at least some kind of love, that they would, as they would understand it. Envy is another one. Envy. Jealousy, we could say that. A- another factor would be reflex response. Reflex response. 
and that could be a careless attitude, reacting without really giving your reaction careful thought in that particular moment and in that particular situation. So reflex response, kind of an automatic thing. Well, we are wired, as far as our muscular structure is concerned, to, ref to, to respond in, in reflex actions. Again, you touch a hot stove, you immediately pull your hand back because that's an, a message from the brain. It's a reflex action and other kinds of reactions like that as well. But why do we live the kind of lifestyle that we live? Why do we live the kind of lifestyle we live? Why do we take the direction in life that we take on a daily basis and throughout life? Again, the answer to all of these questions is ultimately it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. Now we closed last time by reading some statements from our Lord and Savior himself. Matthew chapter 5 verses 21 and 22. And here Jesus said, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with your brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to your brother, to his brother, Reka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Now some of those statements toward the end of that particular context might sound rather confusing to us. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. But when we're talking about the heart, Again, we're not talking about that physical organ that God placed within our chest that, that pumps blood through the circulatory system throughout our body. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something much more, or much deeper. We're talking about emotion. We're talking about conscience. That really could be a good synonym. We're talking about our, our intellect or our mind, our feelings, all of those kind of tied together, those understandings. So first Jesus makes the absolute statement that murder will put us in danger of the judgment. You shall not murder. That was one of the original Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 13. And it's also part of the instructions that we're given in God's word in the New Testament. Romans chapter 13 and verse 9, you shall not murder. Well, one of the kinds of sins that will keep us out of heaven, certainly, is murder. In Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, murders, right there in that list, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, those who practice those kinds of sinful actions or behaviors or lifestyles will not be in heaven. Not as long as they continue in those kinds of actions. They will not be in heaven. Well, murder then right there. So when Jesus says 
I'm telling you what you have been, what you have understood from the beginning, or from going way back at least, that you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. Well, we can understand that. The laws of our land, and probably the laws of just about every land in the world, would classify murder as a capital offense, or at least an offense that would that would absolutely be prohibited by law, and anyone violating that would really face serious consequences legally. They'd end up in jail at the very least, taken into custody, and at the most, they would be executed under capital punishment laws. But the next, the next verse in that text Verse 22 of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus goes on and says, But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Well, now wait a minute. He just said, whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. Well, we understand that readily. That's easy to understand and accept. But now he says, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Anger could keep me out of heaven? Um, Yeah, yeah, anger. Anger that is uncontrolled. Now, as we noted last time, the Apostle Paul said, be angry and sin not. So we have to, there are occasions when righteous indignation or anger would be understood, but we have to keep it under control as Christians. We can't let it get out of hand and have it lead us into ungodly, unchristian, sinful, wicked behavior. Anger that is uncontrolled ultimately becomes a whole lot worse and can end up in violent behavior and even in murder, as Jesus just mentioned. Anger. And then he says, Reka, if you say to your brother, Reka, you shall be in danger of the council. And Reka. And then he says, you fool. If you say you fool to your brother, then you, you shall be in danger of hellfire. Hellfire. And what he's saying there, the word translated hell there. I believe we're to understand is Gehenna from the Greek, and that's talking about the eternal reside of the devil and those who are punished with eternal condemnation with him. Gehenna. Now, what does what does Reka mean there? Uh, we're talking about someone who is using very serious kind of pejorative charges or statements or descriptions or, or abusive language toward somebody. We have a lot of that in our, in our culture, don't we? We just have a lot of it in our language as human beings. We call people names all the time. And Jesus is saying here, basically, we need to be careful about what we, what we say about other people, what, what we call them, and especially to their face, perhaps. And so he says, Reka, it's if you try to 
interpret that in a very literal way from the Greek, it says you're, you're calling somebody empty-headed. Well, that's a pretty serious charge, pretty, pretty uh, mean kind of statement. You know, you're brainless, you have no brains, you're stupid, ignorant, you know, but ignorant in an ungodly sense. Not just the idea of not knowing something of a particular subject, but you're just an ignorant person. Well, okay, that's kind of what we're to understand there. But then you fool is even worse. And we don't really get a, a full sense of, of how deeply serious in the original language that particular charge is. But each one of these, these words used by Jesus here to warn us against using anger, reka, and you fool, they're progressive manifestations of what's in a person's heart. You're really saying something horrible to a person by that third statement. However, we're to ultimately understand that. I mean, it's worse than saying you're brainless, you're stupid, you're ignorant. You're saying something much worse than that even. And Jesus says those kinds of words, those kinds of statements can keep you out of heaven. And physical murder, the, all of these, the anger, the reka, you fool, these are progressive manifestations of what's in the person's heart who uses these kinds of words, who says these kinds of things about a person or to a person. Physical murder is simply the ultimate physical manifestation that can result from careless words that we use about people or maybe angry words, bitter words that we're using against somebody. We need to be careful. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving us godly instruction in your word. Help us to understand it, to embrace it, and to make it part of our self-discipline so, so that we will never be guilty of those kinds of offenses. And help us to reflect godliness in our lives before everybody around us, not in a self-glorifying way, but glorifying you and letting them see your glory through our lives. Help us in this. And please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.